I'm the product manager for our what's known as MySource, which is typically what you'd think of as an internet, but it's more of our digital operating system. I have the most inconsistent days of, of anybody, and I, I intentionally never take the same path to work. I always commute a different way just to keep, completely mix it up. Hi, I'm Paul Miller, and this is Digital Workplace Impact, where we investigate and explore the ideas, practices, and people impacting the new digital worlds where we work. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry through membership, benchmarking, and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup, all one word, dot com. So I'm delighted to be joined by Mike Freyetta. Uh, Mike is the Senior Principal Product Manager at BNY Mellon, Bank of New York Mellon. Uh, Mike's role is really connecting um, uh, people, improving technology, innovation around the technology space. And it's great to have you on the show today, Mike. It's great to be here. Thanks, Paul, for having me. Great. So um, just to start off with, can you tell me a little bit about your current role inside BNY Mellon? Sure. I mean, I'm the product manager for our what's known as MySource, which is typically what you'd think of as an Internet, but it's more of our digital operating system. So if you think about your, your Android or your iPhone, the operating system which you use to, to connect to everything, uh, I'm the product manager for that system at BNY Mellon. Great. And and just tell me, how does uh, the bank think about intranet, digital workplace, employee experience? Are they all considered part of one piece or do you, do you sort of tackle them separately? It's a little of both. There's definitely some tackling separately, but there's we definitely work close the digital workplace team, the MySource product, and then the workplace excellence, which is our, our physical workspace. And in addition, our, our virtual desktop uh, space as well. So we're all kind of humming on our own pace, but we all are definitely working together as well to try to make one unified employee experience. So we're trying not to segment the necessarily the digital but as we plan and move forward, we do kind of head in our own ways to to execute upon our deliverables, but in line with all the other groups as mm. well. And, and uh, when you're approaching projects um, like intranet upgrades or other aspects of, of employee experience, um, is it a cross-functional group that's involved in this? And, and how do you, how do you um, approach project teams, if you like? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a few of us that sit at the crux of the the cross cross team, and again, they're they're analyzing their own data and working kind of on their own projects. But we're one of the few parts of the company that that, that touches everything. So we essentially our team has to be uh, that unified crux of, of of data for for all our products across the company. Hmm. Okay, and do you involve people from um, facilities, HR? Um, how does that how does that come together? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, one of our 
biggest team members, or sorry, our most important team members is from HR and also from facilities as well. Uh, so they are sitting at the table with, with all planning uh, in regards to how we're looking at our roadmap, what we're integrating uh, with our internet, what communications are going out. Um, so HR, facilities, communications, technology, and I also can, can throw in finance and then a few other major lines of business that we have mm-hmm. that, are, that are, they're dedicated to, to the internal digital experience. Hmm. And and before you got involved in the the recent intranet upgrade project um, in in the bank, what what was your what were you involved in before that? Yeah, my I, my role was was to get people to to, to adopt the concept of working out loud. Uh, so we had more than one third party uh, vendor of of collaboration platform. And we still do to this day. We do. We, we have several. And it was we have these. Is the company using? How can we adopt them? So it was my role to run around the company digitally and physically to showcase how it's beneficial to to, to work out loud, to use collaboration products, to get off email. Uh, so I had a, a presentation called What Year Are You Working In? Which also had a, a quiz that went along with it and the entire employee population kind of went through that of, of, oh, I didn't realize we had this or we could crowdsource this way. I do this in my personal life. I didn't even realize we could do it at BNY Mellon. So it was my job to, to be the, the voice uh, of, of that, to be kind of everyone's first friend on these, on these networks and these tools that we could be using. That's, that, that's really interesting. And, and, and I was trying to remember, cause we had a digital workplace group member meeting at ing the bank in in amsterdam last week and i was trying to remember that that because uh, i've heard you ask that question of a room you know what year are you working in and it's such an interesting kind of question just out, just out of interest how typically how many years behind the sort of current year would would people typically be when you when you ask that question yeah that's, that's a good question the 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 range was typically, I, I, you know, I'd say twenty. I'd say we as a whole are kind of twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, and the individuals were twenty ten, twenty nine, twenty eleven in there. Mm. Um, but I mean, that data was you know very subjective. Uh, sure. And, and really, the the idea was the more to, to raise the awareness than, than actually get the data of mm. when someone is working mm. in. Yeah. But what I love about that question is it, it sort of brings out the disconnect, doesn't it? Between kind of where we are in, uh, in the calendar and, and where we feel like we are um, kind of technologically in the way that we're working. It's, um, it's, it's always an interesting question. I sort of ask myself that on a, uh, from 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 time to time, and just tell me, how did you get involved with the the concept of of working out loud? Um, because it's still, I mean, it's one of the episodes that we had early on in the um, in in the podcast show, and it's certainly been one of the most popular. Was all around this subject. How did you getting? How did you get involved with that subject? I suppose I was at a small startup in Boulder, Colorado, and we were acquired by jive software Mm -hmm. and the day we got access to the internal community at jive 
I saw some executives and I wrote a, I did a video post. I sat down in front of my laptop. This is 2010. And I wrote a message to, to one of the executives because I saw him speak and he got the message and he replied. And then we had a discussion and we pu- brought the pu- discussion public and got a bunch of comments. Mm-hmm. And I got to know the, a bunch of people within a few days of not even physically being around them. I, I got to know a lot of, of the company and the direction and the vision. Um, just by by working out loud and that's kind of where it really clicked with me with with the power of this of how much you can crowdsource uh, information quickly Mm -hmm. and did you find that when you were trying to introduce this idea into the bank that that there was i don't know what kind of uh, reaction you would get was it were people sort of skeptical about it or just intrigued by it um what was the sort of overall response bit of both yeah mm-hmm. I, I mean i definitely had the, the skeptics right away so how are you going to accomplish this what exactly is your you know measurables and, and you know these, these questions were hard to answer yeah uh, and and they still are to this day in that regard and then there was you know just a lot of blatant just ignored and just never saw it because uh people w- wouldn't even venture to go there but then there was a lot of excitement and it wasn't there was there was people waiting waiting in the wings i'd say to to be activated and when it was official that this is a a direction that our company's moving on we're bringing in someone to do this uh they lit up and they were ready to go and be the champions and be the advocates and i've already started this over here and i've started this here and and honestly uh the network was already kind of built there's a champions network um already built and we just kind of amplified that Brought in the Ask Me Anythings, had some really good examples of, of, of to demo kind of just links that people could link on, uh, could share and say, here's how you do it better. Here's how you work out loud. And it kind of it kind of took off for the last two, uh, I guess, about three years now. Yeah. And has it become part of the way the organization works or is it something that that always needs kind of reinforcing? Uh, they both because it, it's funny because I, I will go to parts of the company that I didn't, I don't really have much awareness of and I'm going there for, for one reason or another. And they go, Oh, well, all that documentation is here and here's all our videos and here. And they've adopted something that we put in place in our small technology group three years ago. They've got the same exact model and I, and I should have searched first and it's there and it's like, wow, this is actually taken off so far beyond my understanding because even 50,000 people it, it might there's you know obviously bigger companies and but there's still so many pockets where you just you'll never reach and never get to talk to people and then when you discover that hundreds of these groups are are doing this it is and then there's the opposite there's the there's some groups that go yeah we don't use any of that we're still completely you know in 1995 over here sure. and it, their communication, since that's kind of been centralized, uh, a lot of it's been centralized in terms of uh, the best practices of, of where to keep your information. Um, but teams themselves have, have opted to completely uh, stay sheltered, if you will. Mm. And it, it strikes me that um, progressive organizations need to have people like you who I would probably describe as you, you sort of kind of keep pushing at the boundaries of what the organization is uh status quo is 
obviously you don't want to push too much that it 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 kind of becomes like a sort of sort of crazy outlier but it needs particularly today um to have people who are prepared to say look you know we're doing some things well but we can experiment we can challenge the status quo um you know i mean for instance i've been writing annual predictions just now for 2019 and um and and writing and thinking quite a bit about the impact of flexible working remote working mobile working the the impact of these things almost on the way that work happens and and is that something do you see yourself in that role um within bny yes i think so i mean Honestly, the, the incoming class, if you will, the, the, the younger folks come in, pick up and get this right away. So mm. the foundation's there, and it's almost as if the, the train is at the station and you can't stop it. And one good example is uh, an office in one of our offices in Poland opened up and everything was in place. And they completely work out loud and use everything that's there because it was in place. It was, mm. They didn't have to transition from old to new. So the new the new was just the way. And so mm. in that regards, I kind of feel as if it's it's already going like it, 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 it's already there. And then in terms of the future, if, if we're going to if we if we want to jump into that subject. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and it's the way, again, going into the, the, the quote unquote incoming class, if you will. Um, and even even the kids a little younger that are, are, are growing up on Minecraft, where they're they're building collaboratively online mm. in a virtual setting and then you start thinking about uh the different types of uh the next level of you know uh, of dating is, is is going to be kind of a virtual conversations and you start thinking of of how this will be in the workplace and what we used to i definitely see i'm definitely on uh, on the same page as you in terms of it, it's a virtual setting where we will collaborate and also interact yeah and it's that's that's so interesting so so to get into the um intranet project that you've been involved in in most recently how did that come how did that come up and 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 how did it come to be come your baby sure uh, i i think it was it was kind of a mike has been getting people to use the, the different types of of communication and collaborative platforms that we have how can we have them in a collective place? So the approach was it has to have an API. It has to have information that we can send to it. It has to be searchable. So it might be, you know, I can name a, it could be SharePoint or Jive or Confluence or, you know, you can name 20 other ones. Can we find that information in a centralized search? Uh, can users control the what they use? So again, like the apps on your on your iPhone or Android, you can customize what you see and what content you're seeing from where. And another big well, single sign-on was an obvious one. That's another requirement that I had to have. And then another one is trending. So this is one that that, that I think has been really successful for us over this year is what content is trending in the different platforms. I might not use this, or I might not be part of the, the Poland office, or I might not be part of this line of business. 
But if something's trending and a lot of people are talking about it, why is that? So that's another requirement of, of, of bringing, no matter where people work on their daily basis, might be Salesforce, might be, you know, Symphony, might be all these other platforms. Uh, are they able to see the content in other ones if it's, if it's that good? So the approach is, is, has not been easy, in my opinion, in terms of uh, product management. Of, of kind of piecing all these together to, to one unified employee experience for when they log in. Okay. And, and so how, do, if you've got a, um, I'll call it an intranet upgrade program, um, how do you approach, how did you approach this? Um, you know, sort of, it's kind of, where do you start and, and what, what happened? The first start was the, the content that we had. So we had about 19,000 pages of content that had to be migrated. So what we did is we migrated that to our new system. Well, not all of it. I think uh, less than 50% made the cut to, to go to the, the new internet. And all we did was keep the old face on the new internet. So to the end user, they're still logging into what they have been for the last 15 years or so. It's the same look. But on the back end, we've actually made converted the content to the new system. So that's how we, we got everybody over. And then we started rolling out the new interface. So we had a new interface ready, and we started with a, a very small beta group, went to our champions, went to our technologists, and then we rolled it out that way uh, so that people were... Uh, introduced to the to the new interface in phases does that make sense it does um the analogy that's coming to mind is that you you've sort of got a a, a kind of car model that you're familiar with and uh during the night somebody comes in and completely re-engineers it so you come out in the morning it looks like it's ex it looks like exactly the t same car but you turn it on and you start driving and all of a sudden it's like my god what's happened i mean that but that that's completely the reverse way that most organizations approach these things where they kind of go please give us something that looks so much better than what we've got you know even if the functionality is not that different you you came at it looking sort of underneath the hood, underneath the bonnet first. Um, how did you come up with that um, very different approach? I like it, but different. It was the only way. Right. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it sounds creative, but in reality, it was we need to, this is, this is the only path forward. If we launched the other way with all the new bells and whistles, they weren't ready. Mm. And, and you, hey, the users probably weren't ready, uh, but we weren't ready either. So the, the, the concept behind it is, is anyone can make a, a plug-in, just like anyone can make an app and, and have, a, have used that system. So if, if we just went there and there were zero apps, it would have been kind of a, a, a disappointing experience. So, so we had no choice but to go that and then start building in, building out the, the plugins and applications on top. And again, the first, the first group had three or four. And then the next group had 10 and then and so on till till we thought it was ready for the entire company. Mm. And um, you mentioned about um, content migration. You said only about half the content made the cut. What what was your what were your criteria for something 
to to make the cut? We let that up to the the content owners. They had to fit a you know a, a standard uh, to make sure their content was relative, up to date, and and fit the look and feel. Uh, so it, it, we had about 180, maybe even a little more content owners, where they were assigned their respective content and to select what what got moved over. Okay, and um, what what is, what is the most uh, other particular um, applications or services that are, are available in the new internet that you're most sort of pleased about? I mean, you mentioned the trending feature, and is there anything else that that, that particularly comes to mind? Uh, trending feature, and then tasks is another one, which is basically a, a task system that you typically would have got triggered for an email. You have an upcoming course you have to take. You have an expenditure or a vacation that you have to approve for mm. an employee. All the kind of day-to-day tasks that you get assigned to, we brought that to a centralized location so that as soon as you log on, you kind of see what's, what's coming up there. Okay. And um, what um, particular challenges did you face? Because I'm assuming this wasn't all smooth sailing. And, and, and how did you handle them? Yeah, a few, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, yeah. I guess uh, getting all the groups together to, to to buy into the new way. So, again, if, if we have this operating system, there's nothing there. It's useless. And for to in- incentivize fellow colleagues to to rethink about how they send their tasks or how they display their data or send their communications in a new way. For a lot of them, that's not their primary job is to look internally, right? Like they're, they're, they're looking at the, the money-making side of, uh, of it, and they say, well, we're doing this here. Um, so it's kind of that incentivized to, to this is everybody owns this. This is the way that you need to do it. Um, but, you know, enough came around, and it's still, it's still a battle. I mean, we're still trying to get more and more in the, the app store, if you will, there. The other was the... I think we rolled out poorly in terms of early adopters to to the quote unquote laggards. If you're familiar with the technology adoption curve, mm-hmm. we went with the you know people that are chomping at the bit to get it. They've been hearing rumors. They want in our champions, our technologists, and we kind of saved the the folks that are not really that excited for last. And that group, when we finally rolled out to the, the final group, was the most boisterous. I mean, I think it was the, the first time many of them have ever posted. And again, you know, being right. a proponent of Out Loud, we, we had a completely open forum for feedback. Mm. So we were getting hundreds of comments a day about wow. how bad it is, how, you know, okay. how what, what a waste this is, you know, that kind of thing. It was brutal. It was it was like looking at comments on. I don't want to say as bad as YouTube comments, but it was as, it was really hard to look at for a couple of days. And I think we should have taken a better approach of including those type of folks uh, earlier mm-hmm. in, in the process. And I think that's a, that's a bit of a mistake we made. And it was hard. It was hard personally to to kind of read through that every day. <laughs> every day right. you're getting slammed. Uh, but in the long term, you know, it was we all communicated and answered everything as we could and um, and got through it. But, yeah, that was one of the, uh, so one what, of the biggest challenges. 
what would what do you think in retrospect would have been a better approach to include some people in that kind of group earlier on or over communicate i think it's just mm-hmm. to over communicate via email via the traditional way of, of of letting them know what's coming uh it was you know it was a uh, it was it was messages of of here you know the change is coming mm. but it wasn't it, it could have been a lot more and a lot more frequent <laughs> and and building up to it and you know there were there were technical delays so we sent it out and then it might have been a few weeks later, a month later, that we actually planned on flipping, and and by then they kind of forgot that this was coming. So I, mm. I think the mistake was just was just a lack of of communication on, on our end. Mm. Yeah, I mean, which is you know true in the external world, just as it is in the internal world, isn't it? Um, you know, and uh, when people get surprised, um, you don't often get a good reaction, and um, so it's uh, it, it's interesting to think about just on a uh, just. For people who are interested in this, what technology w- were you on, and what what have you moved to, and and how did you select the platforms? Sure. So the we have an internal platform called Nexon, and that is actually our customer facing portal as well. Mm-hmm. So honestly, we kind of copied what was already coded there. So the the concept of Nexon is is that you can reuse components. So they have an they have a, a multi uh, platform search. So we we use the same one. Uh, they have a task system, same thing when you're assigned a task. So we're able to take that concept on their platform and apply it to ours. So the it was kind of already chosen beforehand. Uh, it was in house, and honestly, it's a great way to display the power of it for external since we have these 50,000 users in it. Um, so it was kind of a no brainer since we're doing this externally with our customers. Why don't we do it internally with our employees as well? Okay. And, and how do you spell that? Uh, Nexum? Uh, N E X E N. Okay. And is it something that, that, that the banks also sells externally or is it just a technology that you use for yourselves? It's a technology that we use externally, and it's the same concept. I mean, if you think about the client experience, and we might have, I mean, I don't know how many applications and services BNY Mellon has, but some customers need access to three or four of them. Mm. So they're logging into three different places, and they're going to three different dashboards, and they're, it's the same concept, that you had, the struggle that you have internally of how many tabs and applications do you have open. And we're one company. So what they did on the, the Nexon side is centralize that, have a single sign-on experience, have all the dashboards in one place based on the user, let them customize. Uh, so that really, that, that model was already given to us, and we, we essentially replicated that design internally. Hmm. Okay. And, and um, what would you say this new advanced intranet has achieved for the bank? Uh, it's it's hard to say. I'd say initially right. it's it's it act quicker access to information. Uh, it's a lot faster to find on search, um, see your tasks. So it, it streamlined essentially the employee experience of finding information. Um, 
have there been other things that you feel um, are emerging, other bits of feedback that you've had from people? Yes, I think it's been it's uh, the the type of feedback that, that is how relevant is this information to me, and I think it's a fair bit of feedback. So as we learn which search terms, so we can monitor kind of what the top hundred search terms are each day, and honestly, mm. they're, they're they're typically they're very similar, and then cater our, our drop down menus, our, our global navigation according so. What are they clicking on, and as we go on, we're still in the process of really matching it up geographically to where users are and to which line of business they are. So in that case, for some folks, it's very efficient in terms of what they have, but we haven't done customize the entire company um, for their, their line of business or their geographic location for everything, for their content, for their communications, for their tasks. So that's kind of the next phase that we're going. And that's kind of the feedback that we've been getting is this is not that relevant to me. I shouldn't be seeing these results. And they're absolutely right. And so it's, that's up to us to continually refine. But that's something that, that I don't say it's easy, but we can see the data and then we can adjust accordingly. It's just prioritizing it uh, for, for 50,000 people. Mm. Yeah. And, and I mean, I know, you know, from from your story, from other other stories of, of people um taking on similar projects in other organizations. These things happen through a, a hell of a lot of hard work, persistence, time. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's not an easy process. Um, and I'm just kind of wondering, you know, I also feel that it's probably, um, uh, these are kind of projects where you don't get huge amounts of positive feedback. Um, you know, people sort of absorb the good stuff and, you know, somewhat complain about the things that don't work. How, how have you maintained your own, if you like, resilience and, and determination through that? Right. Yeah. The data is the only thing that that, that keeps me keeps me smiling. Right. Uh, I can see the amount of uh, of search uh, searches every day and that increases in, uh, every day. It's always increasing. And then the, the results of how fast they're getting to their content and the paths that they're taking. So I know that the users are, are finding information quickly because I, I can back it up and see it with data. Even if anecdotally, they'll say, well, this part's broken. Mm-hmm. And that's all anyone concentrates on for the day, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the data helps. And then also, I move around a lot. So I'm in a lot of different offices and a lot of different floors. So I look to see what people have up. <laughs> I don't look at their, their, their screens necessarily, but just glancing mm. by, obviously I can recognize my, my own platform pretty easily. And just to see that the percentage of that, which is, which is pretty, in my opinion, I, I, it's, it's pretty high. I, like I see it so often that um, on an increasing basis. And when I do, I'll ask someone random I've never met, what do you think of it? And that's when I usually get a really positive feedback. And a few little critiques here and there. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, you're right. It, it, it is kind of, but the, the data keeps me sane. And then just the anecdotal conversations that I have uh, reaching out to people that, that I walk past. No, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because the data sort of provides you with a more accurate picture of what's going on rather than the very kind of vocal, um, you know, uh, quite uh, vociferous comments that you can sometimes, you know, hear. It sort of reminds me of, you know, trying to discern what's actually going on in social media, 
you know, uh, often it's the, the loudest and most extreme voices that we kind of focus on, but that's not really the totality of what's what's happening. And it's 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 somewhat similar, isn't it? It is. And, and being the poster boy for <laughs> the work out loud and communicate, sure. I've given the opportunity <laughs> for everyone to say it publicly and for people to like it and comment it. So <laughs> I <Yeah. laughs> I suffer from my own, you know, what, what I've created. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So so what's what's next for the for the Internet program, Mike? Yeah, so we're looking at a a redesign also uh, really specific to, to the user's needs. So it's that customization. Uh, getting it out there was, was a struggle, and now customizing it and improving it is, is the next is the roadmap over the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we're doing a you know a traditional uh, employee-wide survey. Uh, of of what their experience has been over the last six months or so, and then also we do have I, I did fail to mention this earlier. One of my favorite little plugins is the kind of have you ever seen those happy or not like the smiley faces at the mm-hmm. airport or gas station? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm one of those strange people who keeps pressing them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, we're putting that at the top. On a mm. daily basis, asking a question: How is your experience with Skype? How mm. is your what is your experience with your physical? You know, these kind of survey questions. So they're not all going to just be around the internet itself. Obviously, I I will uh, encourage. You know, I want to get feedback about my own products, um, but it's more of a, a company wide one. Mm. But at the same time, mm. so we're rolling that out with specific around my source. So we're going to be able to we're going to gather feedback on a daily basis with a one click smiley faces and then also with a with a survey from there um and then it's just customization it's just customizing from there uh for for the user okay that's that sounds good so um uh, occasionally the debate uh, around the future of intranets um surfaces um uh obviously bny mellon thinks intranets have an important role to play inside the organization um, what's what's your kind of view when you look in in the future, maybe seven or ten years out? Do you think we'll still be talking about intranets then, um, or not? Yes, I, I mean I think there will be more of a blend of intranet and external communications. I mean that's really the heart of it is the information that employees are trying to get. It's often the same information clients are trying to get. And we like to build walls and segment between them. That flow needs to be more liquid. We need to be more connected internally and externally. And obviously, there'll be some walled-off portions for for that. But what I I assume the or what I'm expecting the internet to be will be a very small sliver for the employee base that's already a part of what's available for the client base. And I think that works in B2B and B2C. Uh, so I do think we'll still be talking about it, but I think it'll be more of the the kind of platform ecosystem of the entire company internally and externally. Mm. No, I think that's a, a really interesting view because I think that the kind of, in a way, the durability of it as a term has, has come about because people sort of get what it means we're referring to the the internal 
workplace of the organisation as services that are used by people who are on staff or contractors and so on. But but I, I think you're right about that blurring. So um, one question I always like to end with, Mike, is um, so what what's a perfect working day for you? What 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 are the ingredients that makes you think that was just exactly what I want from work? I have the most inconsistent days of, of anybody, and I, I intentionally never take the same path to work. I always commute a different way just to keep completely mix it up. So it would be one of those days. I think it would start with a uh, – I, I like to think of myself as you know mostly a bottom-up, crowdsource, groundswell type of movement type person, but I love the big executive meetings as well to really kind of drive the overall direction and influence – you know, a company of our size. So I'd like to start off with a with a, a meeting with the executive committee at our firm, and then it's 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 kind of the the collisions. I'll have a you know some days I'll have thirty small micro meetings unintentional because of our workplace is kind of open and it, it, it's designed for collisions. So have thirty of those little micro meetings. Uh, before lunch <laughs> mm. and th- and then it's it's kind of uh ha- hammering down getting hammering out work myself uh at that, that time under the headphones a couple hours where you just need to, to execute upon what was what was talked about uh getting that work done and then finally i'd say uh my show fintech friday uh which we, which we we host on fridays um would be it would be one of those it would be uh, i have a guest in from from a, from a company and we're talking about AI or Bitcoin or whatever it may be, and we're streaming it live internally on on my source on our internet, um, so that we're able to scale kind of what what what's going on out there to the entire employee base. And that sounds like a pretty busy day to me. Yeah, that sounds like it's fantastic, and I'm intrigued by this idea that you you have different routes um, to work when you're going to work. And I suppose I, I suppose if you've got if you're starting the day off with some very senior executive meeting, you presumably choose one of the routes that that's more reliable, that you know you can get there on time. Would that be right? That's right. That's right. And I found yeah. to mention it's it's probably a, a early morning with uh with India. A okay. lot of our de- right. developers are there, and that's where I start okay. the day with uh, yeah at home. Right. And then I'm in that's in Brooklyn, and then I'm into New York the executives and then i'm into to, to jersey city to to have those micro meetings <laughs> great it sounds like a nice uh, way to to for me to picture the day well mike thank you so much for um taking taking me inside the story of of what bny mellon's been getting up to on an internet level and your own role in that and it's been a pleasure talking to you paul it's always a pleasure and thank you so much for having me digital workplace impact is produced by the digital workplace group a strategic partner and boutique consultancy supporting more than 100 leading businesses and public institutions globally to advance their intranets and broader digital workplaces through benchmarking, research and practitioner expertise. And if you'd like more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. And if you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the podcast, Go to digitalworkplacegroup.com forward slash DWG underscore podcast. This is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.